guys, and welcome everybody to today's meeting. Okay, so we have the second scholarly podcast. I see the kids going crazy. Comment down below. Who's excited to see Raj? Who's excited to see Raj? Come on, comment down below in the comments right now. Who is excited to see Raj? I know all of you guys have been waiting so long, so patiently for us to begin. This is uh, this has been a, a long, uh, big, big, long podcast in the making. You know, me and Raj have had many very insightful conversations. There has been a lot of controversy stirred for this podcast, but we are here. We are live now. Comment down below. You guys are going pretty crazy. Everyone's saying me, 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 me. Yeah, you guys are going crazy, yeah. Uh, and we love the energy. So, just to give you guys a little bit of an idea, Raj is the epitome of a scholar, right? He went to James Bruce. He went to Irmington OC. Um, later on, he had the option of studying medicine, but he uh, he actually chose to decline that offer and to study dentistry instead. Um, and obviously, you guys all know about the Maseratis and the two investment houses and all of that kind of stuff. And you know, he's got a great fashion sense as well. But more importantly, I want to talk about you know Raj's upbringing and how that influenced the character that he has now and why that is the most important thing in the world. Okay, and how you guys can learn so much can take all of these characteristics and start applying it to your own life. So without further ado, I want everybody to invite Raj. So Raj, 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 welcome. Let me uh, let me make Raj the, uh, the big dog. Um, uh, Steven, you're too kind. You're too kind. What an introduction. What an introduction. You know, I'm, I'm usually a lot more humble than this, but I'll allow it for the kids. <laughs> okay. Cool. So Raj, let's begin. Like, tell me, who are you, man? Like, what was Raj like as a child? What was your upbringing like? Because now we see the Fendi. Now we see the background. Now we see Raj as a confident guy. But what was Raj like when he was like, you know, like 10, 11, 12? It's funny you say that, Steve. You know, like, you know, now you talk about, you know, Raj with the Fendi, the Roly, the Maserati. But the only A that matters is Raj was lucky. You know, like Raj at 12, zero confidence. No one thought he was gone places, you know, even going to the test. You know, my fourth option was what, Norman Hurst, something like that. But, you know, on the day I showed up, got a good result, and here we are. And, Stephen, I think that's what I want to say, you know, to the kids today. It's just like, it doesn't matter where you are. Like, I was not the smart kid. I promise you, no one had me picked. Okay, okay. Let, 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 let's talk about that because it's very easy for you to say, hey, you're not the smart kid, right? It's very easy for you having, you know, gone to James through his done dentistry to say, hey, I wasn't the smart kid. But what do you mean by that? Like, let's say, you know, it was Raj and like year three or Raj and year four. Like, what did that look like? You know, what was preparing for OCN Selective like for you as a, you know, so-called ordinary kid? Um, my mom used to say something to me. Failure is the stepping stone to success. I heard that every day, Stephen, because I was not doing very well for a lot of the time. Now, I'd have my wins every now and then, but the truth is I was just a normal kid who wanted to play video games and have fun. Now, with my parents, the condition was always do the work first, then you can play later. Today, they, what did the kids say? Work hard, play hard. But as I said, it was the work was just a means to me getting to play later in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand that completely. Um, so when, when, you, when you were a kid, did you like enjoy study? So the reason why I asked that, right, is because I get a lot of parents 
And a lot, I got a lot of kids who message me and they're like, hey, Steve, I just don't feel like studying. Now, as a James Ruiz graduate, and as someone who's gone through the system, what's your reply to that? What happens when someone says, oh, I don't feel like studying, or I don't enjoy studying, and they, you know, they, they, they might not enjoy the process of, you know, exam prep and stuff like that. What do you have to say to that? Steven, no one enjoys studying. Studying is the worst, to be honest. <laughs> I would do anything I could to not study. But at the same time, I think you just have to be intentional with it. It's just like, my mom, will, another thing my mom always used to say is, you can either work hard early in life or you can work hard later in life, but you can't escape the reality, which is at some point you need to work hard. Mm. Now, as a kid, you don't really get much choice. You know, your parents will give you a deal that doesn't really sound that great, but you got to put in the work. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, as I said, you need to show up. You need to show up. We're all just lucky in this world, but you need to put enough time because opportunity favors a prepared mind. Hmm. 100%. I think uh, what you just said there was really interesting because you said, um, you know, you either work hard now or you work hard later, right? And I yeah. think, uh, you know, both of us were fortunate that we, we worked hard younger. But my question is, you know, what made you want to work hard? Was it the fact that you just had no choice? You felt like you had no choice at the time and you were just like, oh, I just got to do the work, right? Or was it like, there was like an impetus. There was like an incentive. There was like a, a beacon of light where you were like, okay, I see what that guy has. Or I see there's like, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. Let me go after that. Because I remember when I was a kid, I just felt like there was no incentive to study. You know, when my parents were like, Steve, you know, there's James Ruse there, or there's like a private scholarship, or there's OC. I couldn't really see it until I started realizing like much, much later on after I'd already attained those things. Oh, wow, I'm actually really fortunate. But what was it like for you? Like as a kid, when your, your mom's like, hey, Raj, you got to sit the OC, you got to sit selective. What made you actually study for those things? Was it mm. just sheer grit, the sheer like, you know, I just got to do this because I don't have a choice? Or was it like, oh, wow, look at that beautiful possibility? What was it? Yeah, Stephen, do you live with your parents? Do I live with my parents? Do you live with your parents? No, of course not. How old are you? Uh, pretty old, like late 20s. Pretty old, but, 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 but like, did you enjoy living with your parents? Oh, you know, questionable, yes. My, 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 my parents had a lot of rules. Yes. My parents were very conservative Hindu people who let me know you have no choices in life. But mm. if you get money, maybe there will be choices one day. But today, you have no choices in life. And they did a really good job of nailing that point down. So mm. for me, study was kind of like, how do I get out of these restrictions? You know, like, as yeah. I said, every Saturday night, we would go to the temple. Monday to Friday was you go to school, then you come home, and then my mom's going to make me study. I didn't really enjoy that environment, and I wanted to move out. But Stephen, it's a very expensive to move out, and I've learned that at many, many stages of my life. Now, choices aren't free. So eventually you realize this isn't a great deal. Studying is the worst, but what other option do I have to leave my parents home? So as I said, eventually you join the dots and you realize, look, maybe if I study, maybe if I follow this dream that my parents said, hey, look, if you get into OC, then you get into a selective school, then you'll get a really good high paying job. And then you can move out and do whatever it is you want to do in life. And the last we find ourselves here. But I can tell you, year four to year six, me did not have those choices in life. And he knew 
the only game I had to play was the game my parents let me. So I put in an intentional effort to at least get the result that they wanted from me. And at least it would offer me a little bit of freedom. But I always knew my number one goal was to be independent. That is, I can make my own choices regardless of what my parents think. Excellent. Yeah, I, I agree with that like 100%. And I think kids out there, you guys need to understand that right now, the only choice that you guys have is to do well academically. You don't have any other choices, right? Like even if you guys want to become like entrepreneurs, even if you guys want to like open up your own businesses one day, you don't have a choice but to do well academically. And to be honest, that's a pretty easy thing to do. Like it's, we don't like it. And there are a lot of kids out there who don't like study. Me and Raj didn't like to study, but we did it anyway, because it was the only choice we had. And like Raj says, choices are expensive and you need to earn the right to have choices, right? So in order to earn the right to have a choice, you need to be what? Proficient. If you're not proficient, if you don't have skills, why on earth would anybody want to give you a job? If you can't do anything to provide value to the world, why would anyone want to pay you any money? So the only thing that you guys can do right now is work on your ability, which is in English, maths, you know, thinking skills, writing. That's all you have to do right now. And it's a pretty easy deal, to be honest. And like for, for most of you guys, you seem to understand that, hey, this is just a very short period of your life. Honestly, it is, right? Most of you guys are going to live like a very, very long time. It's like 10 years. You guys are like eight years old now. It's like 10 years. You've got to study from eight until 18. And then after that, when you get into whatever degree you want, you, you can continue like studying what you really, really enjoy. Now you just got to study the essential stuff. You just got to do it, right? And then you have choices. You don't have choices right now. You will later when you create them for yourself. Stephen, um, what's your favorite subject? What was your favorite subject growing up? English, English. What did you enjoy studying? English, English. I'll be honest. I didn't enjoy anything. They were all the same. Equally bad options. But you got to do what you got to do, Stephen. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Now, actually, let me ask you this question. Raj, do you, do you feel like that built a lot of your resilience now, like doing things that you didn't enjoy younger and just grinding through it and getting good at things that you didn't even really enjoy, did that help you later on in life? Without doubt, Stephen, winning is easy. As I said, getting the good result, that's easy. Coming home with a bad result, knowing you need to get in the car and your parents are waiting there just to ask you the first question, what was your mark? That's the hard part. Going in and then the lecture that comes after, you know, the, the disappointment of when you don't do well, that's the hard part. But with enough time, you build that up. So when you enter the real world and then someone thinks, oh, you're going to disappoint them or something, you're like, this ain't, this is nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, you need to be resilient. As I said, it's just like, none of us were smart. It wasn't like, uh, in my year, there was only 119 seats into Jane Drews because Raj was entering the selective test. There's no guarantees in life. We are lucky people, but you could have a bad day. It's about how you're going to bounce back. What are you going to do tomorrow? And something that was really ingrained into me was it's not about today. It's about the long-term trajectory. You may take a lot of L's today, but if you can make it work on that one day you have the test, everything is forgotten, right? Even for me now, you talked about all the accolades that I've achieved or attained and everything like that. Now no one talks about the past, but I can tell you growing up was a very different story. But as I said, the mindset has to be tomorrow has to be better than today. And 
as long as you maintain that mindset, you're going to go far. Because I'm telling you, if you're always at the top and you're always peaking, when that peak starts to drop, it's going to be very hard to get back. If you set your expectations low and you constantly overachieve, now you're living on easy street. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense as well. And, and I think what Raj just said, guys, I want you guys to pay attention to what Raj just said. He said that people only, uh, people only remember the accolades and accolades are rare. Like I probably only got five or six unique achievements in my life that I'm truly proud of and that I'm remembered for by, you know, people around me. But I fail every single day. Like, I mean, every single day. Like there's probably like a thousand failures behind one accolade. And you know what? It doesn't matter. You only need to win once, right? The OC is one test. You got to win once. The selective is one test. You only need to win once. The HSC is one test. You got to win once, right? Even if you're going to go all the way down and say marriage, you only need one person to get married. You don't need a hundred people to get married. You only need to win once, right guys? Exactly. So, That's why they call it opportunity class. Nice. Why? It is an opportunity. If you miss that opportunity, there will be another opportunity. Mm. But if you can take that opportunity, great. Why not? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's great. So, so Raj, let, let, let's fast track a little bit. Tell me about what was James Cruz like for you, right? Did you enjoy that, that person? I know you have a lot of, um, uh, you know, obviously you grew a lot during those, those six years. But what was it like for you going to Rus? James is fun. That's what I was saying. Like today, I will tell you James Roos is fun. Like you need to understand, if you've gone to James Roos, chances are you were probably doing really well in your local school, in your local elementary and all of that. Now you're into the pool of the top, the elite of every school that was in the area and you're all put together. And it's about where do you stand amongst them? So it's humbling at the same time because you might've thought, you know what? Matt's was my strength. I'm a Matt's guy. Then you go to James Roos and then you work out, you're not a Matt's guy. <laughs> like, as I said, it's just, it's about, but at the same time, I think if you can do that and you, you're into that academy, it's just, it really helps you pace yourself and understand relativity about like how, yeah, as I said, man, it was fun. It was fun if you yeah, play it in the right way. I, I think what, what Raj means is it's humbling, right? Because like, you know, when, you, when you're at, when you're a big fish in a small pond, you think you're the big dog, right? Like when Raj, you're at Ermington OC, they're like two other big dogs. There's like three other big dogs and that's it. And you think you're a math god. You got to change crews. And then when everybody, when everyone's getting ICAST medals, when everyone's doing, you know, the maths Olympiad stuff, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh I felt like an idiot. <laughs> as, as you said, Stephen, it's just like, um, we, we, we often make this joke. In James Roos, you only got 99.35. To the rest of the world, it was like 0.35. I still remember the day the results came out, sitting with my parents. It was just heads down, you know, like, like, like hands and faces, just, will you even get a job? Will you even go to university? That's the level of competition in James Roos. But at the same time, I don't think you shy away from it. As I said, life is a lot harder than that. But if you have the opportunity to go, you need to enjoy what, what it is. You know what I mean? It's, there is nothing like it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that much. Hmm. 
So now reflecting upon your experiences at James Cruz, what would you say to kids who want to go? Like, what would you recommend to kids who want to go to, you know, somewhere like James Cruz? Are there any things that they should be aware of? Any reason why perhaps not, not to go to James Cruz? Like, what, what's your opinion in, in general for, for kids, you know, going in? Again, it's the mindset you go in. Mm. You didn't deserve James Cruz because you got in. You got lucky to be there. As long as you maintain that, you understand everything you do is just, it's just a matter of do you show up on the day? Like, it's very easy to get overwhelmed by the pressure, you know, like the competition and all of that. But you have to go in, you have to try your best. And something that we always talk about, you have to play to win. Don't kid yourself. Every other kid in James their parents have told them the same thing, which is you're the chosen one. You know, it's, it's do or die. So don't get dismayed. As I said, there were so many kids I saw at James that were floundering. And then all of a sudden, come year 11, year 12, they pick up, you know, they actually start studying and all of that. Then there's a lot of people who pace themselves that didn't end up. It's such a jungle out there. You know, you actually have no idea. But the only thing I would say is if you do have the privilege of going to James you were lucky to be there. Remember that. And make sure that everything you do is intentional. It's very easy to get caught up in comparisons there because James is built on comparisons. Um, but it's important to find a good network, a good group of people that where you push each other, you know, it's, it's a healthy competition mm. and just thrive. As I said, enjoy the experience for what it is. Okay. Let's talk about comparison because I think both you and I have experienced that and most of the kids out there have experienced you know, the first gen, you know, kind of migrant comparison thing where you come back from home and your mom's like, oh, look at that person. Look at how much that, how, how, how much better that person performed than you, right? And yeah. generally speaking, it's always, you know, it's not like insidious. It's not like it's bad in any way, but what are your thoughts? How did you deal with that as a kid, right? How did you deal with those? Because I remember when I was a kid, when I heard that, uh, that kind of stuff, I, I generally felt inferior, right? I felt like inadequate. I felt like I wasn't enough. How did you deal with it when, when, when you were kind of growing up? It was definitely tough because it was never, what did you get? It was always, what did your friends get? And then finally, where do you stand amongst them? Do you know what I mean? But what I would say is, instead of getting caught up in the comparisons, it's about, it's about finding people you trust and who are at a similar level who are going to push each other to go do it. And then if you do have the privilege of breaking through that, then finding the next person. And it's like, I said, it's all about healthy competition. Take, for example, you and me, Steve. You know, when we first met, we weren't really that close. We weren't really friendly. But then eventually we realized, hey, we're following similar trajectories and we push each other to constantly strive, for, strive to be better. Mm. And I think that's, that's what it has to be. It's not I am lesser than or you are better than. It is we can both win, but it is us against all of them. Do you know what I mean? And it's just... Yeah. As much as it would be nice to say we can all be friends with the whole cohort, it's not true. Pick your friends closely, make sure they're following the right path. And as I said, push each other to be better. That's, that's the only way to get through life. Yeah, yeah. So you guys heard it, pick your friends, right? Very carefully, make sure that you choose the right ones. And it's all about healthy competition, right? So it's like, Raj, how many supercars did you buy this year? How many properties did you buy this year? And I'll beat that. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How many watches do you have saved? How many Rolexes do you have? Nah. Uh, <laughs> Story no, for no. another day. <laughs> Story for another day. For another day. For another day. All right. Uh, okay. Cool. So 
Now, this is where we get into the, the nitty gritty, the juicy bits, right? Because I know there are a lot of kids out there who um, have aspirations, or let's say the family has aspirations. I mean, everybody has aspirations, I guess, for something prestigious, namely medicine. I know when I was a little kid, you know, my mom would always tell me, oh, you know, Stephen, you know, look at that doctor or look at that doctor. Look, at, look, look how great, look how revered, look how well-respected that guy is. And, you know, this is a really interesting story because I think this is a, a deeply personal story to you. You know, take it away. Like, what was that like when you, because you, you were given the option to study medicine and you also given the option to study dentistry. And I'd say 99.9999999% of people in that situation would take medicine. Why did you go the other way? And what was that like? Stephen, from the age of five, I think every time I said, I want to be a cowboy, I want to be an astronaut or anything like that. My dad, he was a sentimental guy. He was the warm guy. He said, no, Raj, you're going to be the doctor and you're going to be a doctor in the North Shore. You know, you're going to be the GP. On the plane, when they say, is there a doctor on board? You're going to be that doctor. And my parents, they took me to every tutoring, every extracurricular, you know, whatever I needed to excel. Every conversation was, you are going to be a doctor. And it broke their heart when I decided to go be a dentist. Now, for me, it's just like, is there really a difference? What's the difference and all of that? Around year 10, year 11, year 12, you get a chance to do work experience and see what it is. And I was fortunate enough that my local dentist was actually one of the great role models. There was one day, you know, I went to observe. Most of the day at the dentist was pretty boring. Then there was this one patient who came in. She was a girl, maybe about 12 years old. She had three teeth missing from birth. Um, the dentist put braces on and she put some false teeth. For the first time, the girl saw her reflection with a full set of teeth, started crying. The mom comes in, the mom starts crying too. Wow, doctor, this is amazing. What a result. And at that point, it occurred to me, great hours, great life, great work balance. People appreciate what you do. Then after that, it was kind of like I did the math and I was like, okay, I wanted to be a doctor, but if I'm going to be a doctor, it's not enough to be a doctor. You got to be a specialist. You know what I mean? And I'm like, how many years does it take? Where do you want to do? I remember at like, there'll be family function events and they'll be like, wow, do you see that boy over there? He's 28. He's studying to be, I don't know, ENT and ECS or something. And I'm like, why is he still here? Then you hear about the story about a dentist, you know, who's like, 25 buying Porsches and all of that. And to me, it was just a story. I didn't know it, but I believed it. And it's like, as I said, joining the two, what exactly would suit me and all of that, it became an obvious decision that I would probably be more suited to something that was going to get me the rewards, but also keep my parents happy because you still kind of get the title. Do you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. then when I did finally decide, hey, dad, I'm going to turn down. <coughs> I had a medical degree offer in every state. Um, in Adelaide, I applied for dentistry. I didn't get it, but I had the medical offer there. <laughs> the only dentistry offer I had was in UQ. And I'm like, dad, I'm going there to go do this. Didn't talk to me. My mom was the one who was actually like, and she was the hard one. She was like, look, if this is what he wants to do, let him go do it. My dad was not on board. And then even at the airport, you know, he didn't even take me to Queensland. At the airport at Sydney, he was like, if you're a real man, don't spend any of my money. 
on your trip over there. And I was like, say less, let me go do it. But that's how much I believed in what I wanted to do. And as I said, it's like, do you know what it is like to go to a different state with no money? It's very humbling. Again, I went there. Hey, I'm a dental student from James Roos and all of that. They were like, that's cool. We don't know what James Roos is. Here's the mop. You can clean it and we'll pay you $15 an hour. But Stephen, I knew one day being a dentist would pay off. To be honest, I deferred the medical seats. I didn't turn them down. So my dad would call me at the end of the first year. Raj, it's not too late for you to go do medicine. You know, we can still get it done. At the end of second year, Raj, it's still not too late to go do medicine. Do you know why he would say this? There were people in our community who would go tell my dad, aren't you Raj's dad? Didn't he throw away a medical seat to go do dentistry? I know how much that hurt him. And this is a man who, as I said, he took me to every tutoring, every afterclass. Doesn't matter if I win or lose, he was always there. That's why I made it a point to prove, okay, I've chosen this. I'm going to succeed in this. I was like, when I'm 25, I'm going to buy the car. The car was never for me, Stephen. I can tell you right now, I don't know the difference between Maserati and Porsche. But I was like, if I buy this, now word will spread. He is now that 25-year-old with the Maserati. As I said, you get the properties and all of that. Now the pressure is gone. The same parents, you know, like I know who they are. I'll go tell them, how are your kids? You know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, he's working really long shifts, 12 hours in the hospital. Ah, he knows, he knows what I'm talking about. I was like, man, he looks stressed. You know, it's just like, why don't you just invest in property? Oh, you're telling me at 27, 28, they're only making 60 to 100,000 per year still in training. But as I said, it's not a competition. This is what I would say. Doctors are so valuable to society. Doctors save lives. We cannot understate the value of a doctor in today's day and age. But I think you and me were slightly different, man. Like, like, like I just kind of wanted different things in life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I like the shiny, but... I wanted a job where I also get a little bit of validation. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Look, I think, I think what's really, really interesting about what Raj has said and to kind of um, encapsulate everything that he's just said, it's all about knowing yourself, right? It's all about knowing yourself. That is the most important thing. Like Raj knew himself well and he backed himself and he made a decision. That's rare. And I think the most important thing to take out of this podcast is you guys, even though you guys are young, like you guys are nine, 10, 11 years old, one thing is mentor, you have to study. That is not an option, right? It's not like, oh, I don't feel like studying. No, 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 you got to study. But then in university, when you turn 18 years old, that's when you're no longer a kid. And you need to understand who you are. Like, for example, I knew that I wasn't the academic type. I wasn't the uh, overly, you know, patient type. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to study for the next 20 years of my life, right? I like talking. I like teaching. I like spreading knowledge, right? I like marketing. That is my avenue. That's why I made the decision very early on. I was like, I'm going to stick to Turing. Everyone's like, no, Sim, you should be a lawyer. You should be a lawyer. You should be a lawyer. To go from lawyer, right, which is up here in terms of prestige, to tutoring is like, you know, is, is, is a pretty big dip. But I believe myself. I backed myself and I did it. Similar to Raj, Raj knew that he didn't, he, he couldn't do it, right? He wasn't cut out to be the academic sort of person to study the next 20 years of his life, to become a specialist. 
right? That's not to say that other people, he couldn't do it. And that's not to say that other people can't do it. That's, not, that's to say that that wasn't the best fit for him. But what I want to say to everyone is that you might be like, for example, Jennifer is very, very different to me, right? Raj's sister is also very, very different to him. Like Jen's very, very different because she can't do the things that I can do. And so she really enjoys the studying process. She loves studying. She loves studying all day long, right? She loves writing journal articles. She loves medicine. And that's why becoming a specialist is the best fit for her, right? And she's also very, very patient. So it really depends on who you are and understanding yourself and what skills you guys have. And the most important thing right now is to gain those skills. That's the most important thing, right? Forget like, you know, everything else. Most important thing right now is in order to even have options, like Raj had the option of choosing between medicine and, 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 and dentistry. Most of you guys won't even have that option if you don't study. So get the options first and then make sure that you make the right decision. So Stephen, I'll, I'll just um, following up on that, this is something for the parents. Mm. In James Roos, as I said, everything was ranked. And one thing I knew was that I was somewhere between the end of the first maths class and the top of the second maths class. You know, it was like, let's say you're ranked between 25 to 35, there's 30 kids in the top class. Now, I knew as a Leo, I'm going to be a lot happier being the top five of the second maths class than being the bottom five of the first class. Now, being the bottom five of the first class would have appeased my parents. But being the top five meant I'm going into class every day, having fun, being myself, being confident and all of that. And I could apply that to my degree as well. I knew if I went to medicine and I tried to compete with these specialists, I knew how grueling of a task where it was going to be. Whereas if I went into dentistry full force, full of passion, full of energy, hey, you know, like, like let the results speak for themselves. But this could apply for the parents who are looking at which opportunity class to send their kids or which selective school to get send their kids. I was like, and it applies with my sister as well. Like my sister was the top of North Sydney. Then she went to James Roos. She didn't have a good time at James Roos. They sent her back to North Sydney and she had a great time again. Now she's happy as a person. But like that, as a parent, it's always easy to tell, we just need to get the top. You know, as long as they're at the top, they're going to be good. That's not necessarily the case. If you know your kid is a confidence player, put them in a place they're going to be confident. And Stephen, I think you can attribute that to yourself being a, um, with your schooling. You know, it's like we both went to equally, equally higher levels of schooling but you know, in your situation, you perform better than had you been in my situation. Is that fair to say? 100%. So that, that's exactly what I keep saying. It's always better to be the big fish in the small pond. It is always yeah. better to be the big fish in the small pond, right? Like, unless you're a big, 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 like, like you're a genius, like you're really, really, really smart or you love something, right? Then, okay, play in the big leagues. Right? Otherwise, be the big fish in the small pond. Like Raj said, if Raj came to Newington, right, or if Raj went to any other private school apart from James Cruz, I, I would say that he would have gotten a better ATAR than he did. Would you agree? Without with doubt. Without, Without doubt. doubt. Right. Why? Because he went to the top school. He was like good, but he wasn't like at the top. But if he, if he went to a private school, he was at the top, he would have just gotten way better. And it's same, like he just mentioned with dentistry, it's like, hey, we can compete with the 99.95s, the geniuses who study like 12 hours a day, who are going for specialist training. We can try to compete with them, but hey, our brains aren't that sharp. Or 
we can take the second option, which is, hey, let's just do dentistry. I'm not saying that dentists, you know, aren't smart, but you know, it's it's not as much competition, and let's really excel there, right? And Without doubt, it's worked out well. It's worked out well. I think, it, like, even for me, I knew I wasn't going to do high school coaching. There was a reason why I didn't choose that, right? <laughs> yeah, the reason why I didn't choose that, right? Uh, big fish in small pond. And uh, for parents who don't understand what that means, it's like I see so many parents who are pushing for James Ruiz, and even if you do get in James Ruiz but your kid's just on the, the cusp of James Ruse and they've only just gotten in, I think you really need to think about, hey, is it better if we send him to Borco or we send him to like North City Boys? Because like Raj said, his sister had a great time at North City Girls. When she went to James Ruse, it was such a good time. So maybe you yeah. should take that second option. Yeah. That's one thing I'll say, you know, at James Ruse, they will help the top excel. I'm talking Olympiads and all of that. For the bottom, it was, ah, oh, well, you know, you tried your best. Good luck. There is no extra support. So maybe the culture is changing. I haven't been in school for a long time, but I doubt it. Mm, yeah. But as I said, it's like if you're a confidence player, be at a place you can be confident. You're going to be happier. You're going to get a better result. You're just going to go through life better. Mm. Like you don't want to be towards the top bottom of dangerous. That is a that is a really mean place to be. Mm. Yeah. I'll make sure that we highlight this and we show it to everyone. Just so that yeah. it's cool. So Raj, um, let's talk about like, you know, uh, life after uni, because you're one of the first guys, I, I meet a lot of people from selective schools, private schools, you know, like public schools. And, you know, generally I'd say that the more academically gifted you are, um, generally speaking, the less socially um you know calibrated you are right yeah uh, but i think with you you've got that combination where you've got both why how how did you develop that and why why did you realize that it was an important thing like at a young age like when when, when did you make that realization because i tell the kids all the time there are kids who have a lot of social smarts who can speak who can talk have great communication skills like real estate agents right but yeah. those people might lack the academic qualifications then you have people with great academic qualifications like doctors and lawyers who might lack uh, you know, interpersonal communication skills. And then when you find someone who's got both, then that's a lethal combination, right? In today's world. So yeah. at what point did you discover like, you know, that, that part of your life was important? And how did you even discover it in James Strews? Like, you know, did everybody else discover it in James Strews or was it just you? So saying so, uh if your parents are sending you to scholarly, there's a good chance they're sending you to many extracurriculars. And as of my parents, they put me in many sports, many arts, you know, like all, all of it. But two things they really did make sure that I never gave up on was one, public speaking, the other, debating. Um, being migrant parents, they knew, especially with, you know, you may not have a Caucasian name and you may not look the part, but you got to speak the part communication is everything. It doesn't matter what you do in this world, you have to be able to communicate. Um, and I would definitely attribute them pushing me, you know, like to learn debating, public speaking, make sure I got into the team. Then they took the time to sit with me and make sure I actually put in the effort to prepare for it. And I still remember going to these public speaking and debating competitions. I never felt comfortable, you know, like doing it. I never thought I did a good performance. I remember after the speech or after the my turn to speak, I would go to my mom or the team and be like, oh my God, how did I go? And I was like, yeah, you did well. And then eventually win. But it's 
It's about putting yourself out there. Um, as I said, it's just like you're going to take more losses than you do wins. Now, there's many skills that you will develop in life. But yeah, as I said, it's like communication without doubt is the most important. Like take from example, me as a dentist, no one knows what I do in the mouth. That's reality. I take pride in the work I do. But to the patient, it's just about, I am scared when you are taking out my tooth. Can you convey to me that this is a safe procedure and that I feel comfortable? As long as you can do that, you do well. Now, there's some people who just, I don't know why, they don't really communicate that well. But it's like, as I said, it's like without communication, you can't build trust. And then without trust, it's very hard to succeed in this world. Yeah. And they can't see the value. Like so many people spend so much time studying. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but I'm pretty sure in your field as well, you'd see a lot of people spend so much time studying, building qualifications, adding letters, you know, that kind of stuff. Hmm. In fact, let's say you do want to do medicine. I'm pretty sure most degrees now require you to do an interview. Mm. It's not because they want to see you. It's not because they want to know who you are. It is because they're testing your communication skills. Mm. So without doubt, as I said, if you learn it at a young age, it'll come a bit more naturally. Now, unfortunately for me and my parents, I communicate a little bit too much. And as you know, maybe I talk a little bit more than I need to, but it is better to err on that side than the other. Of course. Cool. So would you say that if to all the parents who are sending their kids to learn musical instruments and spending two to three hours, you know, a day practicing that, how much better would it be if those parents just invested in public speaking and, uh, you know, debating lessons? What do you Steven, reckon the better off? Until the age of 15, my parents forced me to go to piano. Yeah. Every time, I reckon in once every two weeks, I'd be like, mom, I want to quit piano. Be like, no, 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 Raj. One day you're going to be a doctor who can play the piano in front of a crowd and everyone's going to be like, wow, look at this doctor who plays piano. And I was like, that doesn't really sound like my dream. To be honest, my mom just wanted to buy a grand piano for the house. And she was like, if I can play said piano, it would be better. Hmm. But as I said, Stephen, it's like, you need to think about what skills actually have practical real world value. That's it. And speaking, debating, learning how to have a logical thought and convey it is going to take you a lot further than an instrument that is probably cumbersome, that probably has no real world benefit outside of university, sorry, outside of high school. And when you go to James Rich, you'll realize very quickly, you may have thought you were good at the instrument. The guy who is actually good at the instrument is going to ask you, oh, did you just start yesterday? <laughs> so as I said, have skills that are actually going to benefit you in life and really do. As I said, it's not about winning. It's about having a go. It's about building that confidence. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's have a chat now about the controversial stuff. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about like, um, not, 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 not in the sense that it matters, but I remember we had this conversation like earlier where we were talking about the Maserati and we we're talking about, cause I've got a Maserati, Raj has got a Maserati and that's actually how we met. That was really, really funny. It was like, Raj was like, yeah, I've got a Maserati. I'm like, oh, cool. I've got a Maserati as well. So what? And what's really interesting is both of us, I think uh, about two months later, we realized it was like, these cars don't matter. Like these cars actually don't matter. What's your thought on that? Cause I know I went through the epiphany where I bought a Maserati 
And I was like, wow, I'm so cool. I've got a Maserati now. Wow, look at me. And then like two, like, like literally a week later, I stopped driving the car and I went back to drive my Toyota. And I was like, wow, this is so much more reliable, convenient, everything, right? What was, what was it like for you? Because I know the first one was like a really, really big, like you had to prove it to the world. You had to prove it to yourself. You had to prove it to the world. But after that, what was it like emotionally for you? Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. And it's like, you can ask yourself, how many people do you know that drive a Maserati? There's not many. So straight away you come and it has a nice ring to it and all of that. So it's like you become the Maserati guy. But then once you get the Maserati, you realize now you meet a network of people who actually have cars. And everyone who's had a car will tell you they have been the Maserati guy at one point or another. But then you realize you don't keep the Maserati. Do you know what I mean? You need to go get the next car. But it's about hitting that goal. To us, the Maserati was a trophy. Mm. It was never about the car. Do you know what I mean? Like, as I said, it's just like, if you have the privilege of getting it, it is, that was one of the best times of my life, without doubt. So now I know, Stephen, you advertise me as a Maserati driving guy. I've actually switched up to a Porsche, which is meant to be coming in a few months. You know, like, right. I had my fun. You had your fun as well. We had our fun with the Maserati. Like, like as I said, it's a different kind of energy. You know, like, you definitely want to hit that. Because, like, even for me, I remember the salesperson, Nathaniel, he was the one who sold me on it. I honestly thought I wanted to get something lower tier, like a BMW or a Mercedes, Audi. You know, they're all the same. So, really, the Maserati. But, like, he was the one. He was just like, it's not every day someone buys a Maserati. And I was like, you know what? That is true. I am one of one. Where do I sign? Yeah. Um, but then I crushed it. And then I got another one. But... um. As I said, it's like, it is a trophy. I never lose sight of that. The car isn't the person. You know, they used to say the reward is in the journey, not the reward. You don't understand that until you buy the car and you realize how much of a hassle the car really was, especially in Sydney. But you have to do it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's no getting by it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that's everything, man. Because, uh, you know, like Raj said, you need to understand that these cars and these things, like the only reason why I, I said, hey, everybody come watch Raj, the Maserati guy, was just get your attention. That was it. You know what Without I mean? Without doubt. It was like, now you're here. Now you guys understand. Um, and, and what Raj said is, is completely true. It's not about the car, but you need to get the car to say it's not about the car. You, you That's need to, it. You can't go, like the, the one thing that I see a lot of people making a mistake of now is not trying things, right? Being afraid yeah. to try things or disowning certain things. Like, I don't want to do that because I know that one person who has that, who, you know, I don't really like. It's like, no, try everything, right? Like, if you want to buy a house, buy a house. If you want to buy a Lambo, buy a Lambo, right? But the one thing that you guys need to realize right now as 12-year-olds is, number one, most of you guys aren't going to be entrepreneurs at 12, which means you got to study hard so that you have options to do things like dentistry, medicine, whatever, so that later on, you can you know, choose to donate money to charity or buy a Ferrari or donate money to charity or donate to your, your local school. But you know, in order to do that, you need to be smart. You need to have options, right? And Stephen will tell you, when he posted that headline, you know, that graphic of, you know, I drive a Maserati and I got to two houses and all that. I'll be honest, guys, it set off the dental community. Everyone knows I'm the worst person now because, you know, they're like, who does this guy think he is for having it and all of that? 
But the reality is they're never going to understand because they never could do it themselves. And you need to understand it's going to be the same. If you're striving for success, everyone else is going to come after you. Everyone else is going to say things, you know, they're going to be like, yeah, they're going to call you names. They're going to say things about you and all of that. But again, that's where the resilience comes in. You know, deep down who you are, your parents know, and your close friends know, and they're the only opinions that can matter. Don't worry about everyone else. As I said, you have to walk that path to understand what it was. And everyone else who's never walked that path will only look and judge. You can't worry about them. Why? They could never do it themselves. That's right. That's honest truth. Jealousy is rife in this world. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about haters. Let's talk about haters. Because one thing that I want you guys to all realize, especially all the kids who are listening to this, is like you need courage in life. Okay. You guys need courage in life to step outside of the bounds, to work hard. Like even right now, there are a lot of you guys who are worried of studying because studying is not cool or that people will make fun of you for studying too much. Or that, you know, if you have, if you say you want to get into James Cruz, people are going to be like, no, you can't do that. Why do you need to worry about those people? Everyone around the world, 99% of people are mediocre, right? Majority of people are mediocre. That's why when someone like a Maserati isn't even a good car, like me and Raj, it's both not, know, Maserati it's not. Is a good car, right? Like it's not even a good car. And yet people were like jealous, right? People were like, whoa, like Maserati. It's not even a good car. If you want a good car, get a Lambo, get a Conasec, get like, you know, get, 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 get like a Bugatti, right? That's a good car. And yet people were angry. Why? Because like Raj says, most of the world disowns goals. Most of the world will spit hate at you if you try to do something new which is why you guys need to have courage, courage in yourself, because even your parents might not believe in you sometimes, right? Not because they don't believe in you because they might be worried. They not, might not want you to work so hard. They might get a little bit anxious, but you got to believe in yourself, man, right? The whole world is out to get you. You guys understand the world is not a good place, right? Like the whole world is out to get you and you need to back yourself enough to be like, you know what? I can do this. And you gotta you gotta back it up with action as well. You can't just say, "Hey, I want to do this. I'm gonna study every single day." It's like you gotta back it up with action. So, like, guys, it's not down, man. And it's like, um, this is one thing I'll say. When I was at one of my lowest points, this is probably third year of uni. I was really worried about failing. I had really unhealthy habits because the fear of failure consumed me, and it was just a negative spiral and all of that. When I was at the lowest point, you know, overweight had no money, broke, all of that. It's just like people didn't hate on me. They just pretended I didn't exist. They would look past me. Now the tables have turned. Things are going well. Those who support will always support. Those who are going to hate were always going to hate. You can't worry about that. But if you're getting that attention, you're doing something right. And that's why it's like you can't be worried about it. You know, It's just like you need to do what is in your best interest and you need to strive for excellence. Because as I said, it's just like there is not LeBron James to me is the greatest player ever. Every day they criticize him. He didn't do this. He didn't do that and all of that. He has done everything. He has done everything he possibly can, but he even gets criticized. But like that, you need to take inspiration and you need to strive for success. As I said, it's like if you do well, you do it for yourself. You do it for your friends. You do it for the people around you. And if you are succeeding, you can help those around you who are, who are supporting you do better in life. But those who are going to hate, you don't need to worry about them. Uh, as I said, that's the easiest thing to do. 
you know, like, like to, to knock someone else off. Oh man, like it's not cool to try hard or something. Like, what are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, as I said, if they're going to hate on me because I have nice things, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, as I said, you need to try your best. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that's where me and Steven, me and Steven used to hate on each other. But the reason now we're friends and the reason now we're growing is because we both, we both know deep down, we are trying to better ourselves every day. And it's like, we know the journey. We know it wasn't easy. And we know that like tomorrow there is going to be another loss. There's always another loss. But how are you going to bounce back? And what is your mentality? Are you playing to win? Are you trying to think that tomorrow is going to be better than today? If yeah. you're not doing that, you've straight away, you've already lost. And today's podcast is testament to that. Like, I'm not sure if you guys realize, but um, yesterday, basically what happened, just so that you guys all understand, at least the scholarly kids, is when I put the post up that, hey, meet Raj, who graduated from James Cruz, bought two investment houses and a Maserati by age 27, some person, I don't know who, posted in a Facebook group and said, ha, 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 look at this guy, da, 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 right? And they posted it up and immediately the entire dental community, right, came up in flames, right? Am I right? Without doubt. Right? They call me greedy. They call me money hungry. They said I was a bad reputation for the community. They said I was going to make dentists look worse. They said all, net, all, all the names yeah. you can and, think and, of and, about and, and literally what I said to Raj was I was worried because people can hate on me. I don't care. People always hate on me. It's fine, right? But I was like, Raj, you're going to be okay. And do you want me to cancel the meeting tomorrow? Do you want me to cancel podcasts? And Raj is like, definitely not. And Raj, do you want to explain your, your like, what was going on in your brain? Like, what was your thesis in your brain? Like behind, like, what was the benefit? How did you do the cost benefit analysis of that? Like you just said, you were like, the haters don't matter, right? And they don't. And, 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 and literally, you know, I think a lot of people in this situation would kind of freak out. Like 99% of people in your situation yesterday would have been like, whoa, like there was so much heat on me. You know, I probably shouldn't do this. I probably shouldn't do the podcast, right? But what was your reaction like? Steven, this is, this was my analysis. So you said I'm 27. I drive a Maserati and I have two houses, all which are true. In fact, to me, this was not an accomplishment. This is very attainable if you become a dentist. I was like, Let's say, let's say I wasn't that good of a dentist. What would have my life looked like? One house and a Mercedes? Is that, really, is that, is that not a success? Uh, I think that is just as good. But then the way all of these people reacted, I was just like, what are you doing with your lives? Uh, like, how, how is this a shock to you? Do you know what I mean? But then, as I said, I understood where it was. To be honest, in every industry, there's maybe only 10 to 20% who are doing well. And to them, they will look at this. They don't, they don't have a second thought. It's just like, you and I both know, I've accomplished nothing in life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, this is, this is what I would call a groundwork. Do you know what I mean? This is like, for me to set myself up. The way people reacted, I was like, but I understood. To be honest, guys, I work in the city in Bondi. My days start at 10 a.m. I wake up at 9.30 because I only live three minutes from the clinic. From my office, you can see the center point tower. I live a pretty beautiful life at 27. But 
I imagine there are many who aren't as fortunate. And to them, when they say, oh, this guy's got this, he's got that, I understand where that comes from. But to that, all I can say is it's not coming from a place of malice or all of that. You know, it's just like, man, you know, I was like, there were so many supportive people during that time. Do you know what I mean? And like, they're the only ones I worried about. People who I went to university who I didn't get along with, and they reached out to me and said, Raj, I can see how much hate, how much flack you're copying, but I can see your hustle and ambition and we can't fault that. Keep going. You know, it's just like, there's no point in being shy. There's no point in being scared. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you want to succeed in life, they are going to come for you, right? People are always going to attack you. If you do something, they can't. All you can do is try your best. Try your best and then see what happens. As I said, when I started this podcast, Steve, I didn't deserve anything I have. I am lucky. Life happened to work out. There were certain things that happened that worked out for me. Tomorrow they may not. That's fine. But my mindset is I will work harder tomorrow. You were worried I might lose my job and all of that. Steve, I've lost jobs before. I promise. When I started my career, this is what people want to tell you. I would go to every clinic in Sydney with an iPad and I would say, my name is Raj. This is who I am in my student tie. This is what I can do. Please, will you give me one chance? I went to maybe 30 clinics. One gave me a job. That's all I needed. How many jobs do you need, Steve? You only need one. The same clinics that turned me down hired my sister as an assistant. Today, they watch my stories and they tell my sister, oh, did you see Raj do this? Did you see Raj do that? And there's nothing against it. As I said, they hired my sister. But Steve, there is no, as I said, there is no winning or losing. There is no looking like an idiot. It is, are you willing to try? And I am not so far. That was only four years ago that I was doing that. Today, they'll say, oh, Raj has a Maserati, the cars and all of that. Do you remember what it was like? Do you know during one of these times, I parked my car, I went in, can I please see the practice manager? They were like, the practice manager is going to be 30 minutes. That's fine. I will sit and wait. I got a parking ticket. The parking ticket cost me $300. I got the job. Doesn't matter. But like that, you need to be willing to try. You need to put yourself in uncomfortable positions. No one is going to give you anything in this world. But if you're doing things for the right reasons, if I can inspire one person to say, hey, you know what? Being a dentist at 24, that's all I wanted. At 25, I wanted to buy a fast car and I did it. On my 25th birthday, I bought a brand new Maserati and I had the house. As I said, all the history doesn't matter. Me going and getting turned down, people would laugh at me. Oh, look at this kid coming in with a suit and tie asking for a job. You know, I got rejected so many times leading up to it, but it doesn't matter. You need to be right once, right? And then everything turns around. That's right, guys. Yeah, That's how bad you need to want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get used to rejection, guys. Get, get used to it. Get used to rejection, right? I'll tell you guys this right now. Um, like Raj says, there are just so many similarities. I'm getting goosebumps right now because it's just true, right? Like people are going to hate whatever you do. If you're nothing and you are just ordinary and you work an ordinary job doing absolutely nothing and you're just mediocre, you will blend in. Because that's everyone. If you do something that is extraordinary, if you do something different, if you are in the top 1%, people are going to hate. And hey, guess what? That's normal. You just got to accept that. And then the other thing is, right? Like Raj says, you only got to be right once. 
you don't have to be right that many times. That's you don't it. Have to be wrong, like it's you know, it's not a zero sum game. You can be wrong like a hundred times, and you only need one win to make it big. And so, you know, you guys have nothing to lose. Just walk up. That's it. Yeah. That's it. As I said, guys, you are only lucky. You deserve nothing. You are only lucky in this world. Cool. Excellent. And I don't want everybody here to think that, you know, what we're talking about today is money. It's not about money, guys. It's about choices. Okay, guys? Like, none of this is about money. So I don't want people being like, oh, mom, I want to buy a Lambo. No, it's not about the Lambo. It's not about the fast cars. It's not about the Rolex. It's not about Raj's Fendi, you know, shirt. It's not about any of that. It's about what can we do right now to create as many choices, as much, as much freedom as possible. Because, right, there's no point making like billions and billions of dollars and having no choices in life, right? Why would you want that? It's all about creating choices, becoming the best version of yourself, as cliche as that sounds, right now as kids. And as kids, all you have to do right now is study. Now, what I will say is for a lot of the boys out there who are like, oh, I don't really want to study, maybe, like, I remember when I was little, right? And I've never told you guys this story before, but when I was like 12 years old, had a little thought in my brain. I was like, you know what? I had like a little Ferrari. It was a Ferrari 360, right? My dad bought it for me. And I said, I remember telling my, uh, my uh, fourth grade teacher once, she was like, Stephen, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I want to buy a Ferrari. And she's like, get out. Fair enough. I got out of the class, right? I got kicked out of the class. But I remembered in my brain, I'm like, you know what? One day I'm going to get that Ferrari. Now, even to this day, I haven't got the Ferrari yet. But it was always in the back of my mind as an incentive, and so I think, you know, if you guys want to set those incentives in your brain to make you study harder or to give you something to study for, then do it. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with setting those incentives. I'm pretty sure Raj had, you know, incentives in his brain. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do this for this. Steven, the same conversation happened in first year of uni. I remember we were in a group of people, you know, in the class. And I told the cheetah, man, I can't wait to get a fast car and all of that in front of all the people and friends. And the cheetah called me out. Oh, is that all you're here for? The money and all of that. No, no, no. I can take care of my patients and all of that. I, I do. Have you seen my reviews? But it's like, there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. On my 25th birthday, when I got it, there were people who remember that conversation who said, I'm proud of you. You said you were going to go do it. And then you went and did it. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's what it's, as I said, it's only ever a trophy. The car never mattered. Do you know what I mean? And so, but if that's what's going to inspire you to keep working hard, keep acing that next test, getting that next rank, whatever it may be, then that's fine. Don't let anyone tell you you're wrong for being ambitious. Everyone is, everyone will try. But if that's what you want, you go do it. And then you go tell them the way we tell you, oh man, I only have two Rolexes, but I only have two hands. You know, <laughs> as I said, go put in the work, go put in the work, lead the example, be the example for the next people and then talk. Do you know what I mean? But like, don't limit yourself. Anything is possible. Yeah. And, and last thing that I wanted to add to that is like, don't hate on other people. One thing nah. that me and Raj have in common is we get a lot of hate, but we never hate anyone. There's no hate towards anybody. When I meet somebody who's way better than me, right? I'm like, bro, how did you get that? How can I learn from you? Yeah. I'm never like, oh, bro, no, that's not, not good. When I meet guys out there, right? And like I said, cars are just a symbol. If I meet a guy outside and he's got a Lambo, I'm going to have a chat with him and I'll be like, well, bro, what'd you do to get that? You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, oh, that guy's driving a Lambo. I hate it. Da, 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 da. It's a yellow. It's an ugly car. Why would you do that? And it's like, same thing for like, uh, you know, people like huge, like huge bodybuilders. I'll go up to them and I'll be like, you know, what do you eat? Like, what's your training routine like? 
And Raj is the same. He'll go up to people way better than him and say, how, hey, how did you do that? And I see so many people who spread hate. Don't be a hater. No okay? way. Don't be a hater. If you're, if you're hating on someone, what that means is already you can't achieve that thing. You're already yep. telling yourself you can't achieve that. Right. And I know 99%, all my friends back in the day, I said, hey, you know what? I was pretty ambitious when I was 18. I was like, I lived in Kirribilli at the time. I remember I was in a car and I said, at age 24, I want to buy Kirribilli Mansion. I said it, right? I, I, crazy girl, right? I was like, I want to buy Kirribilli Mansion. I didn't buy Kirribilli Mansion. I got something close, right? But I set the goal in my head, right? And people hated it. And those people, because they hated, they didn't think it was possible. People hate because they don't think it's possible. You wouldn't hate if you thought it was possible, right? Without doubt. Don't hate. Yeah, it, and it, it's taken a long time for me, but like there is a negative energy in my life. I don't need it. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, I kind of got everything I wanted and I'm on a pretty beautiful track. Do you know what I mean? And so I'm only going to surround myself around people who are going to support and who are working to make themselves better. As I said, Stephen said it perfectly. People who hate only do it because they know they can't do it themselves. And don't limit yourself like that. Don't limit yourself like that. Cool. Awesome. Uh I think, uh, Raj, if you had any final words, I'm going to open up Q&A to the kids if they had any questions, maybe like... No, no, please. I'd love to ask them and answer some questions. Yeah, yeah, hit me. I told you straight. And, and, and Raj, you can see the comments, right? You can see the I comments. can't see any comments. Where are the comments? I wish I could. No, 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 no. The, the YouTube link. I sent you the YouTube link. Uh, I'm on Zoom, so I didn't want to double down. You, you have your phone out? You yeah, your phone? Uh, let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. I sent it to you on, uh, on, on Insta, so... Okay, yeah. All right, that one. Come on, guys. What questions do you guys have for Raj? It's not often you guys get to meet a, a top Maserati driving dentist who bought two investment houses before age 27. So, guys, any questions? What questions do you guys have? Let's go. Big flex with the phone as well. I don't think that's a flex, man. Like, Raj, what phone do you have? You have a nice phone? I only have the iPhone 13 Pro Max Gold, you know, whatever's the latest. <laughs> so, like, come on. Right. My parents never got me a phone as a kid. One of my earliest memories was, mom, I just want a phone with Bluetooth so I could transfer songs with the kids. And she was like, are you a doctor? Then you can't get the phone. Uh, but yeah, no, no. These days last pretty good. So, you know, it's, it's a business expense, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Nita asks, Raj, are you married? I'm not. Unfortunately, the only thing I'm struggling to find right now is a wife. You know, if you know someone, please help me. Yeah, everybody write down, please help Raj find a wife. So, you know, yeah, yeah all good. Uh, okay, uh, Raj, when did you start studying? What age did you start studying? Um, I started studying from the age of five. <laughs> I think it started getting serious around year three. Year three is when... You know, my parents put a little bit more effort, you know, <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's when like year three is when the birthday present stopped and become, you get a present <laughs> if you do well. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, how many hours did you study a day, Raj? Oh man. That's hard to count. Cause I mean, no, 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 no. You and my parents didn't really study, right? We pretended to study, but yeah. Pretty much, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. So it's like, okay, school ends at maybe 3, 3.30. You're going to get home by maybe 4, let's say. You know, you've had your view. 
mom and dad are going to get home after work around 6.30 and they expect the work to be done because they want to review it after that. So maybe an hour between that and an hour later, so two hours a day. But if my mom asks now, studying the whole time until she got home, you know, because it's like, but here's the thing, guys. Finish the work quickly and sneak the Game Boy place. Game Boy, I'm a, that's how old I am. Um, then sneak the, whatever games it is you guys play now, you know, sneak the time. But finish the work and then play the games. And then, yeah. yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe like two to three hours a day. Two to three hours a day. Cool, cool, cool. Um, okay. How do your parents feel about your accomplishments right now, Raj? In front of me, they will tell you, it's not enough. It's never enough. Only this, only that. To the rest of the world, they'll say they're very proud. But if my parents can't keep it 100 with me, and like if my parents don't keep me grounded, Stephen, you already know, oh, God, there's no saving me. So <laughs> your parents aren't there to be your friends. They're there to be your parents. Remember that. Yeah. Parents aren't there to be your friends. They're there to be your parents and, and to, to make sure that you guys are all in line. Okay um raj what are your goals next for next year or this year um look at that third property if i'm going to be really honest with y'all looking at the third property but for me personally i'm here to just have fun you know like as i said i'm in a really good position things are going well you know steven you and me were planning to go to europe and all of that as i said it's just I worked hard early to have fun later in life. The later in life is here. Like I'm not setting any pressure from a work sense or any of like that. I used to be a bit of a workaholic. I think right now it's, I'm in a good position. Things are going well. I'm going to let just life come to me and I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep having fun, man. <laughs> like life is good. Excellent. I've got a very interesting question from Jason Al. He asks, if you get a lot of criticism from your personality and lifestyle, aren't you concerned about your reputation? Um, I always had a bad reputation, man. I always had a <laughs> reputation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, it's like, as I said, it's sometimes you just got to take a look at the resume and be like, look, I drive fast cars. I got properties. Steven will tell you I have a six pack. Like, it's just, sure. What are you going to attack me on? My, my reputation is a bit too much, you know, like, if I return to serve, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit harder, but like um, the only reputation to me that matters is those are my close friends, my family and my patients. And all of them know how hard I work, how ambitious I am and how committed I am to supporting them. Everyone else, I flex for them. You know, like, <laughs> check out the pictures. Yeah. And, and that's really important guys. Like only take a, the, only take the opinions of people who are actually good, right? Like when, yeah. when, you, when you have, like, there are many people who tell me, Sim, you're doing the wrong thing. Like, Sim, it's like, yeah, what have you done? You yeah, know, like, pretty much, pretty what much. Um, what, uh, what type of Maserati do you have? Like a lot of people are like, you know, what type of Maserati do you have? Um, so if you want to. So I'll, I'll tell you guys straight the story of me getting a car. I'm this 24 year old kid who's wearing the most daggy clothes. I've pulled up in a 20-year-old Toyota Kluger with scratches everywhere. And first thing I do, I go to BMW. The guy's like, oh, here, there's an M2 or M3, whatever. You know, it's going to drive really fast. It costs about 160, something like that. 
And I'm like, what's the difference between the M2 and the 3 Series or like the M3 to 3 Series? No, 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 like, okay, context, right? What do you mean by 160? Like, because these, these kids don't... Speak oh, no, no, no. no. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, 160K, 160,000 for a, for a new car. I only buy a new car, Stephen. You know that. Like, um, but <laughs> they look the same. And he's like, the 3 Series only costs 80,000. The Sorry, um, and the M3 costs 160. He's like, oh, if you drive this car, you take it on the track. You have a lot of fun. I was like, I'm definitely not going to drive a car. I'm only getting it for the flex. Then I went to Mercedes and I'm like, I just told him straight, hey man, I'm young. I just want a car that maybe looks like I'm doing well. He was like, what car do you want? We have 60 cars. I'm like, is, am I the car salesperson or are you the car salesperson? Then I go to Maserati. My mom was the one who told me, oh, why don't you go see what it is? I thought I was going to get priced out. I went there. I met this guy, Nathaniel. He's a really good friend of mine now. He just treated with me respect. He had no idea who I was, what I was doing. He was like, I told him, hey, man, I'm looking for a car that will tell society I'm kind of doing well. He showed me this brand new Maserati Ghibli Scatenato limited edition. There was only 160, 160 in the world or something like that. Now there's only 159 because I totaled mine. But you know, at the time, you know, like, and then I was like, and then, as I said, he took me for a test drive. He showed me the car. He treated me and my family with respect. And then, bang, on the spot, I signed. And he was like, man, I didn't know you had it like that. But I'll tell you this about Nathaniel. My sister needed a second-hand car. And my mom asked me, oh, Raj, do you know where we're going to go buy it? I was like, why don't we just ask Nathaniel? He's a car guy. She's like, no, 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 no. Nathaniel only sells Maseratis. He's not going to want to, like, entertain this. I sent a message to him. Not only did he find and get her a really good Mazda at a really good price, he gave her the cover unveil as if she bought a brand new Maserati, only because I bought it. That level of customer service cannot be beaten. That's why I bought the car. Simple as that. To me, I don't care about the car. But to tell you, yes, it was a brand new Maserati Ghibli Scatenato. Look up the rest. I I didn't know the difference between a V6 and a V8. You know, I'm I'm not a car guy. I'm not the guy to ask. You know, I was just like, man, does it look good? Does it make a good noise? I'm, I'm good. Mm, mm. Okay, uh, Raj, I've got a very interesting question here. Uh, yeah. Asaniri asks, Raj, can people still respect you if they don't know you and what you're wearing and if you're just driving normal things? Um, during COVID, I didn't wear my fancy clothes. I didn't wear my fancy watches or my chains. I remember I was at Woolworths and the service attendant was like, hey man, this is card only. If you go there, there's a cash booth. Because I looked that homeless. <laughs> um, so it's like, as I said, it's funny because it's like, the answer is no, they don't. But I don't care. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, you right? just do it because you want to do it, right? It's not like... Exactly. Like, I don't need a Fendi shirt for you to respect me, but hey, I can. So why not? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jason Al asks another question. What advice do you have for kids who feel burnt out from study? You're always going to feel burnt out from study. <laughs> like study is the worst. <laughs> but this is what I say. There are people in Russia, Ukraine right now who are fighting a war who are dying. If the hardest thing in your life is to go study, toughen up, princess. 
Do you know what I mean? Go get the grade. Go get the result. Just keep in your mind when it is my turn, then we'll say, what is burning out? But for now, there is no burning out. Toughen up. Come on. Toughen up, guys. Okay. Um, I don't think there's, uh, there's anything else. Like, Raj, you, you want to you wanna mention anything? Like, you are... You got anything to say? Anything to finish off with? Any words? No, man. Um, as I said, so I'll try to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. You know, if you do, guys, if you guys do have any questions or you want work experience and want to see what it's like, please feel free to hit me up and all of that. Well, let, um, let me let, let me let me share everything just so that uh, you guys can all see. So yeah, just um, like Raj says, if you guys ever need any kind of work experience or you just want a good dentist. Like Raj is the best. Like I could vouch for the guy. He's very, very good um, at what he does. ABC Dental. Where are you guys, Raj? You want to give like a little bit of an intro? Yeah, man. So currently I'm working at a really modern clinic called ABC Dental. I'm based out of the CBD and Bondi Junction. Great locations, great places, great vibes, great people. Um, as I said, it's just we try our best to serve you. Um, we're competitively priced. You know, we strive for perfection. And one thing I respect about, you know, my boss is just like, he's one of my greatest mentors. And like, um, he pays attention to the finer details and he makes sure the experience is, oh, look, you know, you got some reviews over there. As I said, it's just, we're just out here to try our best and serve the community. You know, like, um, I'm not a big guy. You know, as I said, I want to be a big fish in a small pond. My small pond is Sydney and that's all I worry about is giving the best experience to the people who want to come see me. So, yeah, as I said, you know, if you have any doubts or if, you know, you grow up and you decide, you know, maybe this is a career for you or something, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, my door is always open. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, if you guys ever want to reach out to Raj, I'm more than happy to passes the email around um, to any of you guys, especially the older kids, you know, who are thinking about, you know, choosing between med, dentistry, any of the health professions, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty mm. sure. Even for selective schools, you know, my sister went to North Sydney, I went to Andrews. We had, we had very typical Indian upbringings. So it's like, if you feel that, like, you know, it's a bit overwhelming, you know, like I am a Hindu Brahmin. I went to the temple every weekend, you know, so I can relate. I can relate to it all please feel free to reach out. I'm always here to like share advice, you know, like. Cool, cool. all good. Um, thank you, Raj. Raj has been so, uh, so hospitable with his time. So I want you guys all in the comments to say thank you, Raj. You know, I mean, how much have you guys enjoyed today? How much value have you gotten from this podcast? I think, you know, it's been a crazy, crazy podcast. Comment down below. Do you guys want to see Raj again? How did you guys all feel? And obviously everybody should be thanking Raj. Thank, 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 thank Raj. All good. Yeah, everyone's going crazy in the comments, as you guys can see. Send me a screenshot. <laughs> All right. I will. I will. I will. Cool. All good. Thanks, mate. That's it. Thanks, man. And I'll take it uh, easy, guys. See everybody very soon. Bye.